Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Still some red on the screen for the grain complex and some higher numbers seen across the board when it comes to our livestock side of the trade. A lot of factors as we continue to look at this market. If there's a positive, grains are lower, but not as low as what they were yesterday. But it's more about than what's happening in the corn market dropping. We'll talk grain, energies, global. We'll talk phytosanitary agreement that's come in with China for one country. And of course, we all know weather continues to take its center stage. We're being joined today by Arlen Sudeman. Arlen is with Stonex and We'll get to the weather here in just a moment, but yesterday I had one producer say it was kind of a bloodbath when he looked at those grain markets. But um, still got some red today, but definitely not as bad as what we saw across the board yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. And you remind me of another situation I think puts it in context. Um, being from Kansas City, um, I was walked in on a conversation here uh, a few days ago, and I overheard one of them say to the other, "Well, they didn't—they didn't lose as bad as they did have been." And I said, "You must be talking about the Royals, um, because if I said if that's the most positive thing you can say is they're not losing as bad as they used to lose, um, and and that's kind of the way it is with the grain markets. Uh, they, they're not down as much as they used to be down." that says something it says that we've gone down so far so fast that the markets are getting an oversold condition it says something about how far we've come down it says something about the frustration of producers of how weak prices are uh unfortunately it's the reality of the market we're in right now with a big crop in brazil and um, expectations in the marketplace of a big crop here in the United States this year. We can talk about those expectations further, but that's the market perception. And to the market, perception is reality. We did go down a long ways, and we have recovered some of that today. I think the very fact that we were able to finish relatively well today, today bodes well for perhaps a recovery bounce tomorrow. I do not necessarily see a change in the overall market dynamics. We're still dealing with the funds who continue to reduce their long or or ownership positions and increase their short or sold positions in the energy markets and in the grain and oilseed markets. That's been a trend that we've seen really now for almost the last year, for the last 11 months plus and it's continuing and the more chart damage we do the more the momentum trading algos or computers add cell signals onto it and just amplify it Um, and we talked about this a few years ago when the cme group increased the position limits for companies uh, particularly speculative companies that they could have more positions on than in past some cases twice the position And with the advent of algos put together, that was going to give us a lot more volatile markets and probably higher highs and lower lows um, because they'll overdo it in both directions. And unfortunately, right now it's to the downside and uh, there's nothing really to turn the direction of the tide, even though a lot of farmers may argue there is. In the market's mind, there really isn't anything to cause them to, to change the direction that we're currently going. So look at the the overall feel of this market, and I know that there's there's a lot of factors that are being weighed into this. And let's kind of look about the fact that the market's really not talking and reacting 
to this dryness talk because we still have rain in many parts of the United States factoring in. Yeah, and, and that's one of the frustrations to farmers. And every year we have some part of the Midwest dealing with drought. Most recently in recent years, that's tended to be western parts of the Midwest. Um, but every year it seems like we have some place that's dealing with drought. The market really doesn't care about a regional drought. It cares about a widespread drought. And so you can argue, well, look at the whole Midwest and how dry we've been over the last 30 to 45 days, and, and that is true. Um, but when you look at um, specific data, it gets really fascinating from a standpoint, although frustrating to those who are suffering from it, because you can look at southwest Nebraska's had the wettest May on record. And then you look at east central Nebraska and really many parts of southeast Nebraska, the driest and so the the extremes that we see in the midwest are really illustrated right here in nebraska uh in the extreme pattern we've seen and basically the pattern we've been in has been to focus the rains on the western half of the country which just comes up against the western side of the ag belt thus the high plains have been getting in on the rains as well and in fact that's starting to become a problem for that thin spindly wheat in the central and southern plains that now has a lot of that doesn't provide a crop canopy but a lot of moisture for the weeds coming up through that but getting back to the corn and soybean crops it means a lot of dryness so when will that dryness kind of move over the rest or or either make a market impact or will we see the rains come back el nino would favor a high pressure setting up over the western united states that gives us a northwesterly flow over the midwest and we're seeing the atmosphere starting to move in that direction now. And we think about 10 days or so from now, we're going to start setting up in that type of scenario. And northwesterly flow in the summer tends to bring us mild temperatures and thunderstorms. And that's generally the pattern we're expecting for the summer. And we're already starting to see these thunderstorms pop up further and further east with great increased regularity now. And that's the beginning of that pattern change. Well, we'll take the pattern change if it brings some some moisture to, to many of the folks in our area. Well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up as we get ready for the second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell. USDA had their first corn crop ratings that came out yesterday. We'll take a look at, speaking of corn, how the uh, harvest is going with early harvest results coming out of Brazil. We've got a lot more coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. As you've probably heard, there will be some changes coming for Fontenelle hybrids. Bear Crop Science has announced Fontenelle will be joining 10 bear seed brands to launch the new enhanced channel seed brand you'll get the same excellent products and service you come to expect from fontanelle along with expanded product offerings and increased agronomy support you'll still be able to purchase your trusted fontanelle products for 2024 and rest assured we'll work hard to continue to earn your business through this transition read and follow pesticide label directions green marketing and other stewardship practices fontanelle and channel are trademarks of bear group Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continued our conversation this afternoon with Arlen Suderman, of course, Arlen with Stonex. And we left off talking about what was happening uh, weather-wise. And I know, Arlen, there's a lot of folks out there banking on this weather change, bringing some good possible moisture to help this crop along. Having said that, we saw the first crop rating come out from the USDA yesterday. Doesn't look all too bad at this point. It really doesn't, and that's what the trade is looking at. And I know 
when you look at these crop ratings, first on a national basis, it's an average of everything, and that's what the market's focused on. If you look at the crop condition index score for the corn crop, a 374, that's just three points below average for this time of year. Um, so it's, it's you know, overall, the market's going to say the crop's in good shape. I do think that it'll deteriorate a little bit more over the next one to two weeks until those rains develop. And we certainly hope those rains develop because if not, it's going to be a long summer. Uh, but we're moving in that direction. If you look specifically at where the problems are, they're where you'd expect them to be. Uh, Nebraska, Kansas, um, Missouri, southwestern Midwest is where the problems are. That's been a common theme in recent years. Um, again, the forecast suggests that if you're able to make it through the next 10 days, and, and that will be the challenge, that things should get better beyond that point. Um, but as far as the market goes, it's anticipating that once we get through these next 10 days, that uh, things are going to start improving again and that we'll be in good shape with those northwesterly breezes uh, giving us a more of a mild summer, not as much extreme heat. Uh, and even though rainfall may not be surplus or abundant, um, it should be adequate. That's what the market is assuming. Now we'll see if that actually plays out. Well, let's talk about what you're hearing on the early numbers coming in out of Brazil as their harvest is underway. Well, again, it's very early in the harvest period. We're talking about the first 1% to 2% of the harvest coming in, but the yields have been outstanding. The, the harvest thus far is in Mato Grosso, which is the largest producer of safrina corn in Brazil. Uh, and uh, as soon as those harvest results started coming in, the production estimates start going up. Now, we've been, we've been the highest production estimate, and ours is a customer survey, that we develop our estimate with in Brazil. We've had the highest estimate all along. We've been at about 131.7 or so. Now I've noticed some of the other local private estimates starting to come up toward our number, or in one case, even exceed our number. Uh, we'll be updating our numbers tomorrow. I have not seen the data. Our Brazil team is handling that, so I haven't seen the data. But I anticipate we'll see another modest you know, not big, but small increase in that production estimate tomorrow. We'll see uh, for the corn crop and soybean crop, probably pretty close to where it's been. Okay. So then what do you know about the soybean harvest then, Arlen? Yeah, soybean harvest is, is virtually complete now. And so I don't expect too many more changes in size of that crop. All I, I do think that, uh, you know, it's going to be a big one. And China's taking advantage of that. Uh, if we look at the bookings that China made for loadings in, of Brazilian beans in April and um, in May and in June, um, uh, in, and I forgot March, that four-month period, it comes to 45 million metric tons. That's 12 million metric tons more than the prior, prior year and about 3 million metric tons per month increase. And that's far more than they need for their soft soy meal market right now. So that that raises the expectation that surplus beans are going into their reserve. They bought another 30 cargos just last week at a time when their economy's hurting, feeding margins are hurting. So if that's going into their reserves, that means that's less soybeans they need to buy from the United States once we harvest our crop this fall. 
So China's doing, taking advantage of the big Brazilian crops, doing whatever it can to reduce its dependency on the United States. And then you add that phytosanitary agreement that they've now made with Argentina. Absolutely. And that's received very little press. Phytosanitary agreement allows them to import corn from Argentina. Now, Argentina has a drought-shortened crop this year, um, but they're going to be producing another big crop next year as we go into an El Nino pattern. That means that they can now buy from both Brazil and Argentina and not be dependent upon the United States. Real fast before we wrap up, are we going to continue to see some higher prices for our livestock the next couple of days? I think we're just consolidating, covering short positions in hogs. Uh, that'll probably stabilize, consolidate. With cattle, we still got strong fundamentals. All right. Best way for folks to get a hold of you, Arlen. Donex.com. We're over on Twitter, ArlenFF101. I encourage folks to go over there and follow Arlen. We appreciate him joining us for today. As we always remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. That is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. You can pick this up as a podcast at ruralradionetwork.com or wherever you subscribe. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network.